if I could go back That's the first thing I would do, I swear that I would Do my best to follow through, come up with a master plan A home run hit, a winning stand A guarantee and not a promise That I'd never let your love slip from my hand Welcome, everybody, to the new year and the Friday Night Lights podcast as we talk about the eighth episode of this last season called Fracture, or is it Fractured? Um, but we have with us today both Russ and Lyle. Hey. Hey. And I uh, hope everybody had a good Christmas season and New Year's and ready for the new year. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all have any uh, hangovers or, or from the layoffs with uh with not having friday night lights in a while and it finally coming back was it good to finally be back or is it just a good break for you in between i guess it was weird it was weird to watch it again yesterday or wednesday or whatever when it was fine with me <laughs> <laughs> well going into uh this episode itself um uh, you know we left last time with uh seemed to be some obvious tension between Vince's dad, Ornette, and uh, and Coach Taylor. And this episode really continues, I guess, that tension along. It starts off at the very beginning just with Vince's interview uh, on TV and Ornette setting up the TV out in the – is it out in the parking lot of the apartment complex? Is that where they were? <laughs> and I, I thought they were on the is. front porch of uh, – it looked like they were on the front porch of Ray's Barbecue. Maybe It was somewhere right, outside. They, they were in the parking lot. Yeah. That's what I thought too. And I'm like, is this, uh, you know, making sure they get the VHS recorder going there for, uh, to solidify things. You could tell that, that even though Vince and his mom and his dad are all pretty pumped about it, even Jess is starting to see that Vince is changing. He's, he's not quite the same guy that he was before. It didn't take him very long to change. I don't know how anybody couldn't notice it. It's not like it's been gradual. He, he was a sudden change into a good kid, and now, again, he's a sudden change over to a meathead, arrogant athlete. Yeah, it was very abrupt the way they did that. Yeah. I guess it's, it's like he's instantly hateable. Like, he was very lovable. Everybody loved him. And now, like, within an episode, you hate him. Well, you know, I guess on one hand I could see kind of where his motivations are coming from, even if they are misguided. But where I thought he really stepped over the line, and we're fast-forwarding to about the middle of the episode, but is where he lied about his mother, saying that she stepped back into her old drug habits yeah. and, and everything. And I thought, well, that that's where he really jumped off the deep end. He's willing to lie to Coach about his mom going back to her old bad drug habits. Um, it seems like... Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. It just seems like you could come up with a better lie than that, too. But... Maybe no, that's, that's a perfect lie. That's a perfect lie. That's why whenever, yeah, whenever I take a sick day and I'm not really sick, I always say that I have diarrhea. Because <laughs> nobody will ask. Yes, because like, oh, okay. Because you wouldn't think yeah. anybody would uh, lie, make up that kind of a lie. <laughs> they think that's embarrassing, but I have no shame. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, also, why is Coach so bent out of shape about somebody missing practice? Riggins used to miss about three practices a week. Sometimes he was just hung over. Other times he was in New York or Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is this is East Dillon. The times are new. 
I, but didn't he get onto him all the time for? Wasn't there a couple times when he did get onto him? I feel like he was mad every time for missing. Uh, no, he, there he was, was a couple times he did not even mention it. He ran him off one time for being hungover. Yeah, I was about to say he made but, him one time earn his way back on the team. But there was yeah. other times he it was never even mentioned when Riggins mispracticed. It was either New York or Mexico where it wasn't mentioned. I think it was New York. Yeah, Mexico yeah. was something that, that was brought up. But think about New York, though. They finished that whole episode with them still outside of Street's girlfriend's house. And so they, in the next episode, just started back up. So it wasn't like a mid, midstream thing that they were able to tackle. Yeah. What about the uh, the guts of Derek Bishop coming to the Taylor household? And he's like, oh, is, is that your dad? Like, yeah, that's where he lives. What are you expecting? <laughs> a little um, far-fetched. That he would show up. Yes, that he's that hung up on some college freshman teenager. Well, even but later on. Go ahead. It just seems like he's just uh, cementing his skeeziness. I love how I told you to go ahead and then interrupt me. I noticed but, that. But, uh, but it's, I just felt like that's what they were doing is that he, I don't know, they're just cementing his status as this uh, creep. Well, even later I don't on, know. I don't, he doesn't strike me as that skeezy because he's like sincere about it. He's not like, hey, I came over here to hook up with you. Yeah, but even later on when he's talking to Tammy when he comes by her office or what have you, and he says, your daughter is a smart young girl. I'm like, if you're hooking up with her, which is skeezy probably, but don't tell her mother that she's a young girl. <laughs> I don't know. If, if it's just total skeezy, I don't think he'd ever want to meet her parents or anything. I don't. I don't but think he, he wanted to meet Derek. Popping up, but he keeps popping up with talking to Tammy and everything. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like he's being very sincere about, oh, he's into her and all this kind of stuff. It's just weird to me. How could you fall for this teenage girl right out of high school when you're like 25 or whatever? I, I think he's like, older than 25. Maybe not. Um, well, he's too old and married to be hooking up with a college freshman. Yeah, it's just the whole story. You know, we've never really liked this story from the outset, but it seems it seems kind of uh, like this ploy just to get her back to Matt, which is weird. Like you didn't have to go through all that. Like you could have just made her sad and upset at school, which would be much more natural than her. You know. So did she make a U turn and drive all the way to Chicago? Yes. That's quite the spur-of-the-moment drive. Well, you know, she made that U-turn. I was thinking, no, don't go to Tennessee. Don't go to Tennessee. No offense, Russ. Yeah. But uh, right. at the same time, when she knocked on the door, I'm thinking, that doesn't look like a cabin anywhere. <laughs> and then I was surprised that for it to be Sarah to open the door. Do you think that his parents' cabin is like like at Pickwick? Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of, like, where in Tennessee – I mean, obviously, I'm. I say obviously, but I'm guessing that it's in East. That's all the time I was Gatlinburg. thinking. It's like where, where's this, where's this, what's this cabin in Tennessee? It has to be way East Tennessee, rather than like in the flatlands over here. Right. I figured it's, it's in Pigeon in Forge. Yeah. It's in Pigeon Forge. They go to uh, the Ripley, Dollywood. believe it or not, museum in Dollywood, and then hang out of the cabin. Rock City. Yeah. Don't knock yeah. Dollywood. Don't don't knock Dollywood. It's way cooler than you think it would be. Never been, never planned to. It I would almost I have like, to be. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have very high expectations. But I was like 10 when I went. 
and I just remember being no, I was like twelve because I could ride a roller coaster. Yeah, well, but Chuck anyway. E. Cheese was awesome when I was ten too, but I have no desire to go eat this pizza <laughs> ever again. So Eric when Eric realized that it was Derek and Eric and Derek Ryan, I don't know if that's an issue that Julie was after, but anyway, that he basically, you know, chases him off his front lawn without ever touching him, but then busts his taillight. He's pretty active with that, with that uh, little handle. I wonder if that was in the script or not, or if that was something that Kyle Chandler just decided to do. I don't know. It struck me as a little passive aggressive. Just hit him. If you're going to hit him, don't, don't be breaking his taillight as he's driving away. I think that uh, I think that he probably I got, I got the feeling that he would have hit him had Tammy and his whole family not been around. <laughs> Gracie Bell, right there. <laughs> but don't you think? Great. Like I do think it's I do think it's passive aggressive. But that's the way he's being like this whole season. Like he he's he's losing control of like everything, and every once like he just is so inconsistent with the way he like handles anything you know like he'll yell at the guys and then just let them fight he'll tell them something's not acceptable but he'll just let them you know get away with whatever basically right then i mean can you imagine in the first season if they had a storyline like where he tells them to take a knee and they don't they throw a 60 yard bomb instead like he would just go eight crap and bench half the team you know yeah but it just seems like in his family at least with Julie, and what's going on with Julie and what's going on with him on the team is, and we've talked about this before, he's just losing control of everything. It's like he, he's so uncharacteristic of coach. He hasn't, he's just got to get his crap together pretty soon. Well, I guess this is, you know, along those lines, but, you know, even when they were about to go to the pep rally, one of the last scenes of the whole episode, and he, he just was standing there with his eyes squinted shut act like he was in pain or aggravation or whatever. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's like he, he's still putting up with that. Like you say, and he's just ready to – and Beverly looked over at me. She's like, yep, he's leaving. Like he's getting ready to get out of there and get away from all the mess. And so mm-hmm. she's she's predicting that he may take that job down at Shane State, wherever that is. That's a lame name to me. Shane State. They really <laughs> mailed it in when they were choosing that name, didn't they? <laughs> It's Florida. Couldn't they pick? Is there a Shane, Florida? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't seem like the name of a. Seems like they could have just been like Florida Tech. Pick the random, <laughs> yeah, or you know. Yeah, they should have just taken Florida Tech Seminoles because Oklahoma Tech is obviously Oklahoma State, and that booster is obviously T Boone Pickens. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, they have this exact. I, they have the exact same logo as Oklahoma State with the orange and black the on, the, on the side of the field. Yeah, was and that Oklahoma State Stadium? Stadium? Was that Pickett Stadium? No, their stadium's not that big. Their stadium's only like sixty thousand. I think that was. I want to say that really look like um, their Royal Stadium. I just think that was Texas Stadium where they play. Well, they probably did, since they, they film in Austin, that'd be the easy way to yeah. do it. And they even did up the the end zone though. It said Oklahoma Tech. I was impressed with how far they went. Yeah. They they weren't the Cowboys though. They were the Buffaloes. Yeah, I noticed they were the Buffaloes. I like that they do that though. That they're like, well, look, we can't call it Oklahoma State, but everybody who watches football knows this right. is Oklahoma yeah. State. Like, right. Everybody right. who knows football knows that T. Boone Pickens gave like a hundred and seventy million dollars to Oklahoma State. Yeah, and and they they he said uh, he said the big the 
that's going off it's in the big 12 right and, yeah they they pull their punches when it comes to that now does oklahoma do they have palm trees there because they definitely did at that pool party there are palm trees everywhere <laughs> i didn't yeah. even notice that <laughs> yeah. it was interesting i've never seen an actual like pool like that on a college campus before with uh tons of girls playing chicken yeah fight. i've seen it on the perimeter of college campus apartments and stuff but never like on campus like that yeah. <laughs> it would make you want to go there maybe uh, you know i wish they go a step further and, and when they're like uh, uh, uh oklahoma tech coached by mike grundy or something <laughs> i wish they go further and be like you know, Coach Dick Saban over at Alabama has been offering me cash. Yeah. I wonder how they can – like, it's funny because they can just mention schools. Like, hey, Alabama wants me. They can right. just mention that. But if they, if they go somewhere or they're on campus somewhere, they have to – it has to be a fake school. Well, wasn't it Oklahoma well, that was actually recruiting Riggins and that was when he went to eat lunch or supper one night with Lila and yeah. some – first from Oklahoma, and then one Alabama recruiting smashed, and there's actually a recruiter from Alabama that I thought mm-hmm. that came and talked to him. But you're right, they never yeah, really actually make visits to those campuses. There's never anything negative said about any of those real schools, though. Like, oh, Texas yeah. A&M never did anything negatively with smash. He Good just point. wound up there. They make up the schools when they have to have something shady going on, or like when Coach has to take a job and then decide he doesn't like it and leave and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and like when – I don't know if that's the way recruiting really works, but that that seems that whole recruiting story of like the guy talking to the booster in front of him. I was like, come on! Where he's just like, well, now that our kid, we like him a lot, and I'm like, come on, oh. you can't just pretend he's not there. Like, that, oh, that's that believable. Be I thought it was very believable. Nick Saban, when they in the dead period where they couldn't meet with recruits, had like Skype set up so he could talk to them over the computer, and be like, "I never met him face to face." And they had to change the rule. Well, it was just like that when they said, "Hey, can we look at the locker room?" He goes, "Yeah, but first, you wait right here. Just make sure you're listening." And then you know uh-huh. they talked all third person about Vince, who was standing you know eight feet away. That's believable. Yeah. The only thing that's not, I don't think they'd be going that crazy over a junior. Agreed. And pressuring yeah. a junior that much to look, look, it's between you and this one other guy. I mean, not not as a junior. There's too much flip flopping going on from your junior year to the end of your senior year. Well, heck, there's a lot going what? on in your senior year. Yeah, I, I just can't see him pressuring and be like, we only got one spot. Look, you know, for you two guys no, for the class that we're that. signing in 15 months. <laughs> yeah, that's that. My question but, though is, have you ever seen a junior with a 60 yard cannon like that? Well, he does have a cannon. That cannon is doing its job. I can yeah. I can overlook the stuff like that with a junior because I'm like, hey, it's the last year. They got a storyline they want to get out. Right. It only uh-huh. makes sense to do it with a junior. So, you know, I can overlook that. But right. I thought that was a believable scene with the coach standing there. I kept wanting yeah. to scream, I'm a man, I'm 40. And then I was like, <laughs> definitely Oklahoma State, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, but then they um, even went up on the recruiting site on one of the websites, you know, about did Vince Howard unofficially commit? See, I like that too. I, I like the whole dirty recruiting thing. They should have been doing dirty recruiting from the beginning. Yeah. Um. That it's hey, it's real true. 
And then with uh, the confrontation, and what, they both had some, the crap eating grins. Both of them did between Eric and Ornette. But I, I don't understand what, even the, the angle that Ornette comes up with about saying, well, Shane State been giving you calls, and we know they keep calling you, so there must be something there. Yeah, that make any sense at nah. all. Who cares? Like, who would care? It's not yeah. like the team would be like, you're thinking about taking another job a year from now? We're quitting on you, coach. Eh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But I expect there's still to be a throwdown between those two. Not necessarily physical, but some sort of major confrontation that's going to happen between Vince's dad and Vince's coach. I think he's going to die. Which one? <laughs> not coach. Okay. <laughs> Cecil Newton, Ornette, Howard. I think he's going to die. I don't know why. Just my prediction. I think that there's something, something with the drug dealer guy that he beat down. That's that's it's going to get to a point where, I mean, and I won't feel sorry I can't for see him. that dude. I can't see that dude backing down and having a change of heart and be like, "Well, coach thinks that we need to tune this down, so we're going to." <laughs> He's a reasonable, yeah. rational guy who's looking out for the best interest of his players and his team. Yeah, I think it's to a point, and you know, I could just see him dying. I don't know. So, do you think Vince gets benched in the next few weeks? I, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And it's obvious he, that his teammates are noticing it too, because even even at the beginning of the episode, you saw them mocking him, mimicking him in the in the locker room, and so they're noticing it he, there. In in real life, he'd only get benched if they started losing, though. I mean, yeah, everybody well, overlooks the super the behavior of the super talented guy who's one of the number one players in America. I, think that's, I mean, they're, they're undefeated right now, but I think the like either he has to bench him or they need to lose. And like, they need some sort of rallying point for him to say, okay, well, let's get back together. Because I, I don't think that I, I just, I'm talking like this, like it's a real football team, but, like, it doesn't seem like they just out-talent everybody because they only have, like, 40 players on the team. They're Maybe. smaller than any other 5A, 5A football team that I've ever seen. And it, it seems like a lot of the reason they win it is because they have a decided schematic advantage because they're because they're a coach, you know? And so it seems like it's just quoting so Charlie Wise directly. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't, he didn't say decided. He said, I think he did. Uh, <laughs> I think he said in every uh, game you play in, you will have a decided schematic advantage when he comes to Notre Dame. Schematic job. advantage. Said, Sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought I was talking to Charlie Weiss for a second. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to my point, which is it doesn't seem like if they get that far away from being a disciplined team that they would be able to beat a team that's halfway decent. Like, it seems like they would have to lose, and that would be something that – could rally around. I, if they're going to go to state in this point, it seems like they are. Something has to happen to make it believable that other than the fact that they could just be that wild they need and crazy. To, they need to lose to Arnett Meads because they own coach. Always have. He has a, he has a tough time with Arnett Meads. And, yeah, and then they could have a, a, a episode titled Arnett and Ornett versus Coach. Wow. There you go. Ornett Mead. <laughs> so shifting gears a little bit but still talking about conflicts it seems that Crowley and Riggins aren't on the same page at all when it comes to coaching the defense Riggins the idiot doing the haka on the football field uh, I, I thought that was 
Yeah, I got a uh, law talk before me, so he sent me a text that said, you haven't lived until yeah. you've seen Pete Dillon do the haka. And I don't know what the haka was when I first read that text message either. You've seen Hawaii do it, haven't you? Yeah, well, I was, I was watching Hawaii Five O. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw him do it. I saw the high school team do it, that dead episode also. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Uh, they do it in New Zealand. The New Zealand rugby team does it. They, they're the ones who started it, I think. Well, it's an island thing, but so I can under, kind of understand both yeah, of those. Yeah, it's a South Pacific tribal thing, but that's just why yeah. it was funny watching watching Billy Riggins do it. Yeah, what does he do about it? Was, I thought it was funny. I thought it fit in with Riggins' knucklehead character. But what is what? Yeah. What activity are you doing in that Samoan war dance that makes you break your ankle, Buddy Junior? <laughs> uh, did you see? It, it was in the background. He jumped to give like a high five or like a chest bump to a player, and he fell. Because yeah, they were all like, they were all like jumping and giving each other chest bumps and stuff. It's like when that baseball player hit that home run and. Towards ACL or whatever when doing the dive. Yeah. Y'all remember? Did oh, that yeah. happen this summer? Yeah. Did uh, did Riggins Riggs go under when they got arrested or something? Or is it still in business? We don't know. Because Riggins has a whole lot of time to coach football, but, I mean, does he even get paid or anything? Like, I'm not sure what the deal is. Well, I think it was it was Tim that was really the the brains behind the bridge, wasn't it? Wasn't he the one yeah. that could really fix stuff? Yeah. I thought, I, did he not say anything, though, at any point this year about I'm busy with the baby and Riggins Riggs and everything? I can't remember. Seems like he might have, but then you never see Riggins Riggs again. Yeah, I don't know. It's obvious, though, that Coach Crowley is not a fan of Billy Riggins right now. And at one point later on, you know, even, I think it's at the very end, uh, Coach ended up telling players, just do what Crowley says. You know, I don't know if that's going to undermine what Billy thinks he's, you know, assumed this new role, a new position of influence and, and impact on young players. But you got to love Coach Crowley. I actually do. Yeah, me too. Oh, I'm not sure if that's sarcastic. Yeah, I know. No, I'm serious. Anybody whose glasses are detached in the middle. <laughs> They've always done well with, like, casting their assistant coaches. Max seems like a real football coach. Crowley seems like a real, like, old-school football coach to me. Right. Well, he's, I mean, he's my favorite guy on the, that's associated with the team right now because he's last game when he was like, this isn't who we are, Eric. Right. Like, and he's like, I can't celebrate this. I, that just seems so, I don't know, that just seems so in line. I, I echoed everything that he said and that not this past episode, but the one before. So. And one of my favorite all time, he gets like one line an episode, maybe, maybe. That's probably too much. One of my favorite things ever was when he came over from Dylan and he was like, came to coach him up, coach, and put on the red hat. Yep. When he first left to come over there and coach with Taylor. I don't know. I just like that dude. He's the, he's the, uh, he's the conscience of the show now. Speaking of, uh, Speaking of Billy, does, does he really need to make that much money now that Mimi's back in the landing strip? She seems pretty, uh, she's pretty the active. breadwinner now. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like Becky's going to fulfill her destiny as a stripper, too. Judging from the previews for next week. I missed I didn't watch next week's episodes. No, she's waiting tables. She doesn't show her stripping, but she's waiting tables at the landing strip. No, and she's dressed very skimpily, and, and people are sticking money in her pants as she's walking by as a waitress. But she's only 16. Is that. Legal or does it matter in Dylan? I, don't think I, I, it I believe that we have established that 
a Dylan is at least an alternate universe for 16 year olds treated like adults. Good point. Yeah, half of them don't even have parents or anything. They just on their own or whatever. Well, her mom is now a stripper. I guess her They're all buying tractors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to see. I say good, but I think it's it's realistic to see that Becky does have some baby regrets and they're starting to come out now. I love that scene. That was my favorite scene in the whole episode where she like just just loses it and it's like it's weird because because the whole time I'm like, wouldn't it be weird if you got pregnant and had an abortion and then started going out with a guy again, you know? Totally. And so I, I thought it was it's not the uh, it's not the healthiest arc of a relationship. Get pregnant, yeah. then get to know a guy, then break up, then date him. <laughs> right. Um And we established that I, was her first time too. Yeah, I like that whole scene because she, she's crying and she says, I lost my Virginia truck, who does that? And then all of them are like, oh, Me. I did. I did too. <laughs> well, mine was a car, but. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was just really funny. Except for the fact that it is kind of a foreshadowing of what Becky's might look like. Now, she said on that note to Luke that she wants a fresh start. Does that mean with him? Or does that mean he just like, I need to cut ties with you? Yeah, and the previews for next week, she's meeting his parents, and they look very uncomfortable. Wow. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, hey, uh, you remember Becky, right? <laughs> just like the worst look on her face. <laughs> is, uh, is that more awkward than uh, Landry and Jeff meeting Landry's parents? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an awkward dinner. Th- this looks worse, because at least uh, they right. hadn't made a baby at that point. Yeah. But neither one of these are murderers. That's true. That's true. Uh-huh. So nobody, we haven't talked about Epic yet, and nobody's brought her up. But uh, Epic seems well, to I have mean, some I, issues. I, I, I think I speak for all three of us when I say, "Give me more Epic." <laughs> I need more Epic storylines. I'm fascinated by everything that's going on with her. I'm always like, "Let's football more Epic." Was it the redheaded chick that she was fighting with? Was that who it was? Yes, of Laura, course, Lara. What's her name? Mara. Mara. Yeah, we talked to last week. We said, or the last episode or two episodes ago, we're like, we haven't seen Epic or Mara in a long time. So they just automatically throw them in. I, I don't, that just bothers me so much that they're in the last season. They go like four episodes without even touching a storyline. And they're like, oh, let's bring this back around. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What's the deal with Epic? Like, uh, so does she have a good foster mother or not? I couldn't tell. I think she does, unless this foster mother's completely lying. But Epic yeah. didn't didn't seem to uh, to refute anything that she said when they met at that other little restaurant. But she looked just mighty haggard. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, buy the lady some conditioner, you know. Yeah, I didn't know. What was going on? Um, I think that's just to throw us off to open the door and automatically see that. But the way that she just opened her, her home and said, okay, come on in. And with the little kids and the, the kids seemed well-behaved, respectful. They, she, you know, they spilled milk or juice or whatever it was. And she didn't start throwing things and nobody act like, oh, no, don't beat me. You know, right. it, it seemed like a normal situation. And, you know, when, so why, why is Epic so hungry? It's a good question. But they asked her. Tapeworm? Tapeworm, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has, uh, she obviously has issues. 
been in and out of all different types of foster homes. But I don't understand the motivation of, of lying about, uh, you know how it is with older boys around. Yeah, I don't know. So my guess right now is that the mom, the foster home is, is on the up and up. But, yeah. Well, she asked her straight up. Didn't Tammy ask her, why'd you lie? Right. But she didn't respond, did she? Yeah. Not really. But in the car, you know, she was like, no, don't go talking to them. Otherwise, I won't get to see you. Or Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She comes from a good... I think they just write her off to get Minka Kelly to come guest star for a few episodes or something. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they really could just... The thing is, they could have ignored it for the rest of the season and, like, never brought up Epic again. And I don't think that I would have been, like, other than we would have kind of made fun of it later on. Like, hey, whatever happened to Epic? I can't imagine going, oh, man, I missed that. I want to find out. I would rather see Waverly in an insane asylum for the next three weeks than see any more of Epic. I think I'm interested in Epic now. Right? Yeah, just to see, because it seems like Tammy is so interested. So I know there's something going on there. I don't know what's going to happen. I was, I thought that she was about to say, "You could come live with us." Oh no! I seriously thought when she was talking about how horrible her home life was, I thought Tammy was about to go talk to Eric about that girl just needs to come and stay in Julie's room because she's going away to Chicago. Oh, that's all we need is to see Epic playing ping pong with Coach Taylor at 2 o'clock in the morning. Smoking a cig. Yeah. Well, he probably needs that type of uh, added stress in his life. It's not like (laughs) he has anything going on. Gracie Uh, Bell looks a lot better with pigtail. She's going to be riding that tricycle. It's a good uh, good look for her. I think she's had pigtails on every single episode. This this season. I kind of listened to our podcast and was like, we need to do something to cute her up because those three guys don't like the way she looks. <laughs> we have that influence. I'm sure that we had such influence over the way the show was made. Nah, if I exerted any kind of influence, Julie and uh, Lila will be working at the landing strip by now. <laughs> but, right, buddies. <laughs> Did you notice that Buddy Jr. was wearing a Buddy's t-shirt? Whatever yeah, I know. Uh, I forgot. I wanted to look and see if I could find one online when I saw it, and then I forgot all about it. You just said it. Wow. I did not notice that. Yeah, and it seems like Buddy Sr. is quite disappointed that his son hurt himself not even playing football. And he's like, I know, Dad. I know. So I'm wondering if he's going to say, like, I don't even care about football or what, but he was still on his crutches coming into the pep rally there, final scene. Well, he ought to have a lot of time to play football after this year. In the world of Friday Night Lights, he's probably in, like, sixth grade. He's going to stick around for a long time. Everybody's a 10th grader. They're perpetually 10th graders, except for Street. So, technically, we have five episodes left until, right. like you say, the Friday Night Lights universe shuts down for good, unless they make a TV movie or something. But uh, so lots has to happen between now and then. They're going to have to cover like more than one game a week. And aren't we expecting some of the old? I mean, we saw Saracen. And so is he going to be around the next five episodes, or is he going to be in and out? But do we expect Riggins to be back at some point? Do we expect Tyra to be back at some point? I don't know. Saracen's off the map. I don't know if he can be in all five episodes. 
you seen the previews for that new show? Yeah. But, but, remember, that? but this has been filmed, though, already. This was filmed, you know, That's back true. last spring. FNL. Yeah. Um, I expect Saracen to be on there. I expect to see Riggins again. Or get out of jail. Come to the state championship game. I mean, who else is there really to show? I mean, Tyra, she's over at UT still. Yeah, but I mean, she's kind of finished in a good place. Like, she's at UT, Lila's at Vandy. The people that are up in the air, like, we don't know if their lives are going to turn out okay or just Saracen and Riggins, right? Do you think Landry comes back from Rice at all? Nope. No, I think we assume that, that Matt is doing fine up in Chicago, you know, drawing or painting I, his hands. How can you just go be an artist in Chicago when you're 18 years old and, like, be okay? I thought he was, like, at some art institute. I thought he was taking is classes. He? Maybe uh, yeah, I remember that was the whole big deal at first. Was he going to go to Chicago to the Art Institute or was he going to stick around and take care of his grandmother? And he and that he chose to stay in Dillon and went to Dillon Tech at first. And he kept, you know, his teachers were always not agreeing with how he did things. So he went to work for Richard, whatever that guy's name was. But remember the first I, thing was some Art Institute in Chicago. I thought that he just got a job transfer at the Alamo Freeze and worked at the one in Chicago now. What would they call it up there? <laughs> the Alamo. <laughs> the Windy City Prairie. I don't know. Yeah, but I think he's in school. I may be wrong, though. Yeah, he is. Well, I've said it before, but I would really like to see it smash, get drafted in the NFL. After a sophomore year? Yeah. <laughs> then he goes to play for be, European League. Yeah, but that would be three years. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be three years out of high school, though. So, you think they'll like end the season with like a the end the last episode with like a like an epilogue at the end that's like yeah, Smash Williams went no, on to play. Surely not. I hope off. they don't do that. That's cheesy. Yeah, I yeah. don't think they will. I hope they don't. I think it'll be some open ended type ending where we're left to wonder. Well, it's one of those things where I, I would want to know. That information, but I'm, I'm agreeing that it would seem to be extremely cheesy to actually right. s- to see it happen like, like that. You know, like have a a past scene of Smash and all of a sudden that pause and then the words come on the screen. He went on they to leave a, the NFC. I, I could live a, with a montage of just not even maybe showing him getting drafted, but just like show him uh, in a pro outfit in front of his TV with Mama and his sisters watching the draft. Yeah, you know something like that. I think something like that would be cool. I like the way they've handled stuff like that in the past. Like, you know, remember one time it just uh, you could hear the TV in the background and Smash is making a run for A and M. Coach is watching it or whatever. Right. Yeah. They don't really say anything. You just know that he is playing for A and M. I think something like that would be kind of cool. You know, you show uh, Street at like uh, some kind of Benny Hinn rally or something. He starts walking across the stage. Something real cool (laughs) like that. Really cool, like that. So we need a lot of things happening in living rooms. That way, the TV can be on in the background. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, it ends on Thanksgiving, and every character who's ever been on the show is at the Taylor's house inexplicably. Like the Last Supper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. There is a lot of things that have to happen, though. Like, what? What are they open? That they have to resolve. This is bad. 
Well, you know what? I just thought I just thought of the ending I want to see. What's that? Okay, you know how they show ridiculous snippets of bands as uh, as they're going to breaks during football games or during the draft or whatever, uh-huh. and it'll show like Brooks and Dunn or somebody singing some song, <laughs> or Kenny Chesney was singing some song Let's leading see. into the SEC games or whatever. Chris Victorious. Yes, I want to see Chris Victorious just a snippet. <laughs> of Landry as they're going to and they don't mention it and just for a second you're like whoa was that Crucible Victorious? <laughs> and we don't even really know just like real quick yeah something like that with her joining Crucible Victorious Herc apparently I, was, I really would like to see her Herc is one of my favorite guys who's been on the show yeah well, I think that about does it for uh, for us in this eighth episode. And as we said, we've got five episodes left, less than half of a season for the lights finally go out in Dillon, Texas for us. So I'm interested to see how it'll wrap up. I'll hate to see it go, but at the same time, I think it's been a good five-year run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good season. Well, until next time, hope everybody has a good week. Later on.